Good morning. You're listening to The Lion's Tears, and this is Reverend Liz Jackson. Today's topic is going to be about laying aside bitterness and running with forgiveness, and it will be a three-part series. That way, we have a firm understanding about what bitterness is, how to release it, so that we can receive the forgiveness of the Lord God Almighty, as well as forgiveness from others. Because whenever we love, forgiveness from others is very important. If we, which I know many of us have, wronged people, either with words or actions, or have been wronged ourselves, it's important that we understand what forgiveness is. So I'm not going to talk about that right now, as that is in part three, but um, just a foreshadowing of what's going to occur. So let's get started. Our reading today is going to come from Ephesians 4, verses 31 through 30, but I took it all the way back to verse 25 through 32. Um, This comes from our book by Cynthia Held. It is a Cynthia Held Bible study um, that we will be doing. So Ephesians 4:31 through 32 states, "You must remove all bitterness, rage, anger, threats, and insults with all malice. You must practice being kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has graciously forgiven you." Hugh Black is a theologian and philosopher. He states that we have cause to suspect our religion if it does not make us gentle and forbearing and forgiving if the love of our Lord does not so flood our hearts as to cleanse them of all bitterness and spite and wrath if a man is nursing anger if he is letting his mind become a nest of foul passions malice hatred and evil wishings how dwelleth then the love of God in him Darkness and light cannot coexist. Therefore, we cannot harbor bitterness as a root within us and expect the Lord God to dwell in our bitter anger and rage and frustration. He will not do that. He will touch us and he will be and become a part of our lives. But for him to dwell 100% within us is not possible until we uproot the root of bitterness. So my first question um, to you, it's not found in the book um, by Cynthia, but it is my first question to you. Why did you stop trusting in God? Because whenever we grow bitterness, it is because we do not trust the Lord God Almighty's rule in our lives. So some of the things that I wrote down was I stopped trusting God because I was raped at 15 by two men. 
I was divorced at 21 with three kids. I've been in and out of abusive relationships. At the age of seven and eight, my oldest two daughters were sodomized and molested. During that time, I was sent into the wilderness. I worked at a mental health facility up here in St. Louis where I saw what happens to women who do not get the help that they need. Most of these women were drug addicts, prostitutes, and had been left for dead after they were beaten to near death. Some of the women that I encountered were in fact brain dead and could no longer function in society. That was an eye-opening and changing experience. I was homeless during those seven to eight months multiple times. I was robbed at gunpoint where all they took was my Bible and my ID. Um, there was many things negative that happened to me in the wilderness. But what happened was a breakthrough. Being sent into the wilderness brought me to God again because he was the only person, entity, what, being however you choose to label him to me, he is always going to present himself in my mind in a physical form so that I can, can hug him and feel the warmth and comfort of his hands. Um, it brought me closer to him. I had to learn how to survive, not only in the street, but physically, mentally, emotionally. And there were many days that I was going off of two to three hours of sleep, working 16 hours a day, going to med tech school that I thought I was going to lose it. And I really did. I did things that I was not proud of. I got put on probation because I chose to trust the wrong people. It got me caught up. Um, I, I was not okay. I was lost. But during my wilderness, the Lord God came to me and spoke to me. I had a really good lawyer who asked me what I was doing and why I turned away from God and he made me think he made me question everything um, he if it wasn't for God sending that attorney into my life I don't think I would have just got probation um, my probation officer was very understanding of what was going on within my life, too. She understood that my girls were sodomized and molested and that I had a mental nervous breakdown. And she talked to me. She helped me understand that the path I was on back in 2012 was not the path that I needed to be on, but that everybody makes mistakes, especially in our time of chaos and frustration. 
And that's the point I want to drive home is that the root of bitterness does not show its ugly head until you have something drastically going on in your life. Whenever there is a circumstance that God is trying to either one, deliver you from or two, try to teach you with. The root of bitterness pops its head up and it is different for everybody. Um, it is never going to be the same. Let's see. Let me read this to you. It states, How direct and specific the word of God is concerning our removing, putting away, and laying aside all bitterness, wrath, and anger. These emotions betray deep abiding weights that cling to us and continually hinder us from running our race in freedom. The bitterness and anger we need to confront in this chapter is the kind we nurse. It has put down roots and dwells within us to intrude and disrupt at will. Org, the Greek word for anger, suggests a more subtle or abiding condition of mind frequently with a view of taking revenge. Pikira, the Greek word for bitterness, means to cut, to prick, Hence, literally, point, sharp, keen, pugnant, to the sense of taste, smell, etc. Have you ever run and felt a sharp prick in your side? That's what it's like to live daily with bitterness. No wonder we are told to remove it. I know for me, doing this study has revealed so much. Um so much the root of bitterness remains buried only occasionally surfacing to prick our awareness with painful memories the root of bitterness again like i said rears its ugly head whenever the lord god is trying to show us something or whenever we're in a situation that maybe we are new to and it makes us feel uncomfortable so the root of bitterness is going to bring up old memories to make us feel like the new situation is a resemblance of the past. That way, one, we either entertain it to the extent of our enjoyment, our displeasure, or we run from it and don't take any course of action at all because if you're like myself, I was a runner. I felt that I could run from my problems and they would just fix themselves. But that's not the case. You can't do that. So the first question out of our book states, The root of bitterness often remains buried, only occasionally surfacing to prick our awareness with painful memories. What experiences in your life have you been aware of that carried the sting of bitterness? So, in answering that question, I wrote down 
being abused my whole life, not only by men, but my mom up until the time I was 17 used to beat me with belts and scream and cuss at me. And I didn't understand the effect that had until I catch myself screaming at my own children. And then I feel that immediate guilt and shame, which strives from the bitterness of what my mom did to me. You cannot be the people that have hurt you. Whenever you become those people, you have truly become bitter. You have let the years of pain and suffering and heartache and mistreatment take over. And that is not what the Lord God wants. My bitterness has made me not trust people. Um, I have been told many times, especially by my mother, to figure it out for myself. And so, therefore, everything that I encounter up until the last couple of years has been figured out alone. But I know that I have the Lord God Almighty who has already made things happen, who already has the end in place. We're just playing it out in the physical. One of the other things that I wrote down is my failed relationships. A certain type of conditioning occurs whenever you are put through so many traumatic experiences. We get conditioned. For an example, whenever you're told to always go to your room, your room becomes the place that you always go to. And you're not going to want to come out whenever you're asked, come out of your room, join us for, you know, family time or whatever. Because your room, you've been conditioned to go there. And so it feels weird. Um, being afraid to live. Another form of conditioning that I encountered was the fear of being able to live. I was fearful that when I'd be in a relationship with someone, if I did the word of God and talked to other people, I've had this happen, that they would not understand that my communication is just about the word of God. Not that I'm trying to get someone's phone number so I can date them behind your back or, you know, talk to them on a level that's inappropriate. Some people cannot understand nor tolerate what it is that the Lord God has for us. So in return, they become bitter towards us they question our motives and thus over time make us afraid to even do what it is we're supposed to do or they put such a financial strain on us that we can't even live the life that we're supposed to because we're so busy trying to be providers that life passes us by there's a way to live life and there's a way not to live life. And that's what we're trying to get established. Living life with bitterness rooted within us is not the way. 
I wrote down not knowing who is honest because of the fact that I have encountered so many men who say they're of God and really are fishing for their next handout. I've been called a meal ticket before and that hurt me because I actually cared and was in love with someone who said that behind my back and to my face eventually. My girls were abused, they were sodomized and molested, and that alone, how do you wrap your head around that on top of my life of being abused and mistreated, on top of the fact I was 21 and got divorced with three kids, on top of the fact that it doesn't matter. What mattered was that led to me being bitter. That led to me hating everybody who was not helping my daughters. It led to hating myself because I had joint custody of my children. And all of these horrific things happened in the care of their father, who, mind you, was a police officer at the time. And his girlfriend's stepfather is in prison for two counts child molestation and two counts statutory sodomy. But he didn't know what was going on in his own house. And I worked whenever the girls would be home with me. I had maybe a day or two off, if that. So there were things that I missed, cues that I missed. And I carried that wait with me for so long that it let the root of bitterness just feed. It's like miracle grow. You know, when you put it on your plants and you watch them bloom and get double. This, what happened to my daughters was the, the fertilizer that my bitterness needed in order to consume me. Resenting and hating the people who took 10 years of my life. I always deal with numbers. I'm not 100% sure why um, or how I got on that, but the Lord God shows me things in numbers. So I counted down from the time that my daughters were molested and sodomized up until, you know, now, because my oldest one's 18, and I had always felt like 10 years of my life was taken away because... All I could do was make sure my oldest daughter got the help she needed. My middle daughter, she needed help too. That came more in the beginning of her trauma. Um, I went to the Edgewood program up here in St. Louis with her. Did intensive outpatient therapy. Um, in 2016 with my middle daughter, we did something called EDMR, which you can find that information on the lionstares.com website. It is very, very, very good for trauma people. Um, it is painful because it stimulates that trauma so it can be pushed out of your mind. You have to be ready for it. You have to be willing and accepting of it because if you're not and you reawake the deep suppressed memories 
it could re-traumatize you. So that is a disclaimer. But I promise it helps and it works because not even, I would say, three months later, my daughter looks at me and says, Mom, I don't want to be a victim anymore. And that was the most powerful words I had ever heard. But you would think words coming from, let's see, she's 17 at the time. And now, so four years ago when she was like 13, you would think those words would resonate with me and things would click, but it didn't. I carry the victim mentality through all of this because I felt I was victimized by each and every person that I had encountered. So whenever we have so much pain, so much loss, so many occasions that make us feel like God let us down, really we can look and change our perspective and be like, okay, what was God saving me from? And that's something that in my own time I'm going to sit in detail based upon what I wrote about carrying bitterness. Um, I know what he was saving me from. He was saving me from the devil because of my calling. He was saving me from death. He was saving my soul from permanent destruction because whenever you live a lifetime of abuse, you can go one of two ways. You can heal from it or you can run from everything and self-destruct. And there has been several times in my life where I have reached the point. It's a two-way street. Whenever you see the fork in the road, you can choose the paved path or you can choose the road and less traveled. And I always tried to take the road less traveled. Sometimes I detoured to the nice paved, but then God says, no, that's not the path for you. So let's read Ephesians chapter 4, 25 through 32 together. That way we can answer our next question. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and go have no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. So our next question. Synonyms for bitterness include harshness, resentment, grudge, animosity, hostility, indignation, 
anger, venom, spitefulness, maliceness, sarcasm, testiness, viciousness, and malice. These are some disagreeable words. God's word does address these emotions. What counsel does Paul give in Ephesians 4:25 through 32 concerning anger and bitterness? So what I wrote down is that we are to put away lying and speak only truth. You may think that I give too much information when I give a testimony. But we are supposed to be ambassadors and witnesses to each other. Ambassadors for the Lord God Almighty. A light to be a witness. Whenever you go through trials and tribulations, your testimony, if it changes one person from darkness to light, that is a miracle and should be shared. Another thing that I took away in verse 26, it states, be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. So we can be angry, but we should not act out with that anger. We need to take time to think. We need to take time to meditate. We need to take time to listen to the word of God. And we need to take time for him to work in our lives. We should not go to bed with a vengeful heart or mind because I guarantee you, one, that's not going to give you the adequate sleep you need. And two, you're going to wake up even more angry and frustrated in the morning because you're not sleeping. Verse 27 states, do not give Satan room. Whenever we have the root of bitterness, Satan knows what strings to pull. He knows those precise memories to pull out of your subconscious. He knows those exact emotions. He knows those exact people to place upon your path to make you error and sin. He knows your devices. He knows what it takes to prick your side and bring the root of bitterness into blossom. That way you are not acting according to the Lord God Almighty, but you are doing the work of Satan. Verse 28 says, do not steal, but work. We are to work and do honest work with our own hands. And we are to share with anyone in need. Especially these times with COVID, it is so nice to be traveling in the community and seeing stands or, you know, people have tents up in some places with free food or free things. That is being fruitful and helping others. Who's to say they have it to give? But giving should not be because we have. It should be because we give out of love. And knowing that God is abundant and by giving out of love, he replaces tenfold what it is that we do. And there is no communication. We are to minister with grace. And if you don't know what grace means, grace means divine intervention. 
I broke it down a little easier for you guys to understand. God receives all Christ enters. That is grace. That is love. And that is divine intervention. We are not to grieve the Holy Spirit, for the Holy Spirit is not dead. The Holy Spirit lives within us. The Holy Spirit is what allows the Lord God to speak to us. We are sealed for whenever He comes to claim His people and to restore the world back to the way it was supposed to be. We don't need to be sad because the Holy Spirit has been given to all who seek, knock, and ask. The Holy Spirit cannot fully dwell within us until our root of bitterness is gone. And then the other takeaway from that is be kind, tender-hearted, and forgiving as God in Christ forgave you. We need forgiveness, especially in these times. We are so mad at everything, at the world. We are so frustrated with the way things are going that is beyond our control. And whenever things are beyond our control, there again comes Satan with the root of bitterness. Whenever we feel like there is no control in our life, the root of bitterness brings its head. And I am telling you, it is only for destructive purposes. You can either learn and reject the bitterness and uproot it, or you can live with it and choose to not live at all. Because that's ultimately what it is you are doing. That's what I did. I wasn't fully living until I understand that I had a root of bitterness that needed to be dug out and killed and burnt and, you know, put whatever you put into root killer. My stepdad owns a tree service, so he would always get a stump grinder. I'm grinding that root out and it is a hard and painful process but it is a process that has to be done in order for you to be truly free i hope that this helps you um this again is part one i will have a link in the description so you can go to the website and read and follow along um, part two will be coming here shortly. As always, it's never goodbye, but it's I'll see you later.